the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Well, I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. If I can get my mic on there, there we go. Um... Glad to have you on this Monday edition. Glad to be with you for the next two hours. Let's see, one hour and 56 minutes. Um, Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? 5.05 is the time. Overcast outside. It's kind of looking a little bit gloomy, but we are entering into our fall and winter weather. And so that's how that goes. Oh, yeah. Daylight savings time. That's why I'm feeling a little bit strange. It feels like six o'clock right about now, and and actually it's five because, um, we uh, we we had uh, we had a daylight saving time. I do like that. I don't you know. Don't get me wrong. An extra hour in the morning is really good for those of us who are nocturnal by nature. You know, we just kind of hang out till eleven, twelve, and sometimes one o'clock at night. That's where we get our best work done. Just by the way, letting you know, we're not meandering. We're not. Uh, uh, we're not just uh, taking uh, you know wild escapades uh, mentally and uh, psychologically to different planets. We are organizing our life and, and and preparing for the next day. For those of us who are nocturnal, we are much more productive in the evening when it's quiet. When there are. No interruptions, like for me, during the day, about 6 o'clock in the morning until late at night, I'm always being challenged by some call, some some need, some issue. And so, yeah, I have to kind of just unwind right about 9 o'clock from 9 to about 11, just kind of organize what I'm going to do for the week or for the month. And in this case... Somewhere between now and the end of the year, got some, you know, some projects that I need to really make sure that I'm on a good trajectory even now about it. So yet nocturnal people get a lot done while the rest of y'all are sleeping and and, and sewing wood and and uh, watching sheep jump over your your (laughs) your bed, if you will. Don't get me wrong. You wake up well, energized, ready to take on the day. But we do, too. I I get up pretty. I get up pretty enthusiastic virtually every day because I get up praying. Uh, for those of us who are part of this 90-day prayer uh, assignment where we're trying to break into the year 2020, really calling upon God. It's a series we're doing on our uh, Sunday services right now. I'm doing a lengthy series on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and we happen to be dealing with that category of his ministry where he mediates for us, intercedes, and helps us, particularly in the context of prayer. 
And it's just been wonderful, been a, a great lesson, uh, a great experience, and I'm, I'm trusting a lot of people have been benefited from that. It should be on the air in about a month. I, I mean, l- listen to the program at noon from time to time, and I think you guys will be catching up with this series on prayer. But if you are one who is struggling with prayer, I mean, you really are, you might want to go to the website and start back uh, maybe two or three weeks when we were in Romans chapter 8. And just really start right there and and hear out the exposition on the topic of prayer and why we don't pray as we ought to and why, because we don't pray as we ought to, we're not seeing the the growth and maturity and development that we really should as the people of God. Christ sent the comforter for you and me to help us, help us get it done and help us get it for the large audience who's already following us, get it right. Two things he does helps us get it done, and helps us to get it right. And uh, that that's what we want to do. We want to get it done, get it right. God has left us here with a purpose and a mission, and I'm sure you know that. I was walking into the studios about 12 minutes ago, 13 minutes ago, and I was saying to myself, all right, what what what, what do we have going on right now? And when you have uh, daily duties like we all do, Sometimes you have to remind yourself of your mission so that you are not distracted by the moment or distracted by the mundanity of life. You know, the kind of ritualistic mundanity that goes on in your life every day that sometimes can create such a myopic experience that you don't remember the big picture. And that is so critically important too. the big picture of life requires you reminding yourself and asking God to help you remember your mission. So many people get off track because they fail to remember their mission and uh, we all have one. And so clarify your mission, define your mission, affirm your mission, and then stay on point with your mission. That requires discipline, but discipline is one of the fruits of the spirit too. So stay on your mission. The other thing you want to do is maintain a healthy development of your tools. You and I have gifts. This is These are qualities that God gives us, and this is particularly a, uh, a, a administrative work of the Spirit of God as we are preparing to deal with the gifts of the Spirit. You have gifts. We all have gifts, and we are to employ our gifts in the context of our mission. What makes life wonderful is knowing our mission and then being able to employ our gifts in the context of our mission. Now, you are to identify your gifts. You are to affirm your gifts. You are to employ your gifts. Now, it's going to require you honing your gifts from time to time as well. And that might require uh, personal timeout uh, development of, uh, of those gifts in a personal, intimate way. I don't know how that might be for you in, in particular gifts, but virtually every gift we get from God or the Spirit of God in order to advance the purposes of Christ in our life and in the lives of people that are around us really do require help from the outside, help from people who have those same gifts or more and can speak into your life in terms of helping you hone your gifts. If you're at a place in your life right now where you are not real clear on your mission, then get some outside help. Have somebody to simply ask you a number of questions about who you are, where you are, what you have been doing, what you want to do, 
and then what your talents and skill sets are. And, you know, and, and try to take that advice and see if it resonates with you and if, if there's some kind of epiphany or some kind of revelation. And we can we can then help you get on your course. If you want to do that with me, I don't mind talking with you about that. I, I spend a lot of time actually counseling people around, you know, life purpose. What are they here for? What should they be doing or helping them get back on track with being a wife or being a husband or being a parent or being a child of God largely or being a couple um, or being a pastor or an elder that 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 too. Uh, pastors can lose their way. I can tell you that now they can get lost. They can uh, they can sink into the mundanity of life. And the the repetitive cycle of patterns and lose the context of why those patterns are critically important as exercises. So as I was walking in, I was saying, now remember what your mission is. When I get on the microphone, when I'm privileged to come in on Mondays and be with you, there are a couple of things I always keep in mind. Can I say something today? That will catapult people into an experience. This is what truth is. It's an event driven experience. That's what truth is. May may I be able to catapult someone into an event driven truth experience by which they are um, informed, uh, edified, maybe even transformed and built up. In the faith in Christ. In other words, they want to be in a place where they're listening to me for these two hours because something that's going to transpire within the event driven experience, whether by me or by a caller, a combination of the both or even by you uh, will help you some way in which prior to five o'clock and the lifeline song and the uh call uh monitor the guy that actually does all of this uh, welcome to lifeline uh your host pastor jesse Giston. he happens to be this that and the other thing you know that's all you know worked out to create a program in terms of its introduction but here we are now you and me which is the magic of radio in a lot of ways it's the magic of communication If you are in a place where you are presently stuck in the mundaneness of life, mundanity, and you're not clear on why you are here again on Monday at 515 and you are wondering what, you know, what you should be doing, give me a call. one 367 Let's do what the proverb says. Understanding in the heart of man is like deep water. That is counsel in the heart of man. The the ideas, the uh, the dreams, the aspirations, the expectations, the 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 uh, the um, the the aspiration to be something is deep down inside for sure. And it takes a man of understanding to draw it out. It takes a woman of understanding to draw out that deep seated aspiration, the thing that makes you live every day, because it's not always on the surface of the mind or on the surface of the heart. Um, so, yeah, let's let's see if we can do that. I mean, we can we can we can uh, we can venture on any topic that would uh, fall within the category of helping you and me remember our mission, helping you and me remember what we have been called to do and, and to hone our tools, to hone our our skill sets, to hone our gifts, missions and gifts, missions and gifts. What's your mission and what is your gift? And are you clear on your mission? 
And are you clear on your gifts? Are you employing your gifts daily as God would call you to do it? I'd love to know if uh, if you have um, clarity on that, if you are clear on your walk with God. I, I ask that because I think, how can a person really enjoy the allotted 24-hour days, seven days a week, four to five weeks a month, 52 weeks in a year, after year, after year, after year, how can you enjoy a day where you are not fundamentally clear on your mission and fundamentally clear on your gifts and practically employing your gifts for the task that's in front of you? How can you be joyful? How can you be expectant? How can you walk in a living hope when you're not clear on that? And if you're in that place, let's let's do this next hour and a half, hour and uh, 45 minutes just about here in a couple minutes, uh, working on ourselves, uh, creating a, uh, a trajectory uh, rhetorically, dialogically uh, on ourselves. The number to reach me is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Without counsel, purposes are thwarted. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And uh, with good advice, you can make war. Uh, So that's what we're going to talk about today, how to remind ourselves of our mission, uh, long-term missions, short-term mission, medium-range mission. For me, it's the next three months. I'm really kind of holding in right now on what I want to do between November 5th, tomorrow, and uh, December 31st in terms of uh, the congregation that I happen to pastor, just a wonderful group of People, just an eclectic group of uh, redeemed sinners, largely uh, with a, a, a mass amount of brokenness, but also giftedness. And uh, we're growing in a lot of ways, in the ways that are important to me. We are growing. And the conversation I'm having with you right now is the conversation that I have with most of the uh, members of Grace who, who draw near to hear my voice. It's about growth. It's about liberation as a consequence of growth. It's about strength that is the product of growth. It's about healing that is the result of growth. And then it's about success, which is the consequence of the latter four. Growing, experiencing liberation, being strengthened by the exercise process of that liberation, that 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 developing, expanding uh, group of choices that you get to make because you're more liberated, because you are growing. And then the healing that comes from that whole exercise, which results in a character and a calling and a mission and a practice of gifts in your life that produces success, at least for God's glory and for those who um, get to enjoy watching you grow. This is what we're praying for right now, three times a day. Uh, And I'd love to engage you in that. Where are you at right now in your walk where you might be struggling with your mission? And where are you at in your walk where you might be struggling with your gifts? Where are you at? You got a you got an opportunity to talk with a pastor, counselor, and and it doesn't cost you a thing to be able to do that right now. Let's uh, take advantage of this one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight 
3675-329 is the number to call me. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. We're going to take a break, pay some bills, and now come back. We'll continue this line of reasoning and then expand the topic to some other things that I think will be important for you and me. So glad to be in the house. Jesse Gistan, that's me. Who are you? The number again is one 329 Call me. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. <laughs> Joe, you know what you got to do, man? You're going to have to uh, blow up the font on this 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 uh, call assistant screener at least two points in the future. I don't know how y'all going to have to do it, but you got to do it because I'm almost guessing who, who these folks are. It ain't your fault, but it has to be done. All right. Anyhow, welcome back to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, I've got two lines open, one 888 Joel is a young man, young, budding, bright. Uh, he's my engineer, and we get to talk, be, you know, between a big piece of glass. Maybe you know, I don't know what that's about, other than we got to see each other. And uh, when you get older, like I am, I happen to be a senior uh, in age, and you pick up your Bible, you pick up an article, you pick up an old book and you swear somebody changed the font on you and it went from 12 font to 11 font. And then at some point, like 10 font is impossible to read unless I have direct natural ontological sunlight from the sun flashing on the letters. Got nothing to do with Joel. (laughs) I'm I'm just looking at my uh, call screen and thinking how, let me see, who is this? Is this Daniel? Is it Jeremiah? Uh, two two lines open, by the way, if you guys want to get in on this discussion that I just feel compelled to to talk about. And uh, we'll take some aside concepts to our aside issues. If you want to talk spiritual, emotional, if you want to talk familial, you want to talk couples, individuals, churches, so we, we can do that. We have an hour and 30 minutes, but I'd love to help you. Uh, clarify your mission and uh, clarify your calling and gifting. So I'm going to start with line one and let's see, this will be Daniel from Berkeley on line one. Daniel, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. How are you today? Great, great. What's your comment, observation or uh, concern today? Uh, So today, uh, what you were just speaking on was the uh, mission and gifts. Right. Um, I'm a I'm a born again sinner, and you know I, I'm I, I, in my mind when I hold on hold on you are not a born again sinner. You well, might no, be you might be right. a, hold on hold on you're let right. me now, let me help you let me help you I'm not I, I I don't want to make the mistake I don't want to sound like I'm making the mistake of a lot of church folks and this is what I mean by that Dan you probably you may have heard me teach or not and I make sure that I teach this frequently. One is uh, we do not at grace, nor is it the fundamental assertion of any healthy, balanced Bible teacher that once we are saved, we no longer sin. That's I'm not stating that, nor am I asserting that it is even doctrinally or scripturally appropriate to say appropriate to say that I am not a sinner. I think that that is a horrible mischaracterization of what it means to be born again. We are indeed uh sinful before conversion we are sinful after conversion there is a radical difference that grace makes in our lives but what you and i are are simultaneously righteous and sinful at the same time if in fact we are born again 
So I'm not stating that, you know, it's wrong for us to acknowledge that as a born again believer, we are also also yet sinners. We are. Paul made that clear. I am not was, but I am the chief of sinners as it was in First Timothy 15. What I was stating was to use the term a born again sinner would be completely an alien concept to scripture in this sense. The sinner in his ontological origin as being a product of Adam's fall uh, cannot be a born again sinner. He can be a sinner who has become born again, but the sinner is never ever born again into sin or he never has to have a second birth in the context of sin uh, so that he can use that phraseology. I went way over time, but I just wanted to kind of clarify that. You probably just said that by accident, right? Yeah, yeah, because when I, when, I, when you cut me off and I and I heard what I said, I was like, oh, I was born to sin again. Okay, now I'm just living a life of sin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love to know, I'd love to know what that new born again sin life sin life looked like, because Adam hasn't brought nothing to the table new since him and Eve fell. <laughs> so. And, and you know what, brother? I, 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 because I don't—I really don't want to know. Exactly. I agree with you. See, now that's one of the evidences you've been born again. You don't even want to know what that looks like. All right, holler at me, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. So, so I did—I've been listening to you for like the past year. Every okay. day, okay. by the grace of God, I've been able to catch you. Okay. And then two weeks ago, I came out and heard you because I just had to. I just—I just love teaching, so I—I I had to be put myself in the building. Amen. But, Today you were speaking on yes, thank you. Uh, you were you were speaking on mission and gifts. Yeah. And so I'm in I'm in a place right now where I know I want to serve God. Right. My mission in my brain is to I believe He created us to glorify Him and lift Him up, yeah. praise and worship Him. Yeah. Now in wh- in whatever aspect that is, and, because we all are in levels, right? Right. So right. I I want I, I want to be able to articulate not not only why I believe. I want to be able to articulate God's word in a fashion that not so much is in Jesus's parables, but which are just basically stories that people can relate to to make the word present in their life. That's where I want to grow to. Okay. But I'm just like you know, uh, which way is up? And so now I'm just I'm just believing on staying in my word and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Mm-hmm. That's as far as the mission, mm-hmm. the gifts part. Um, I've always heard growing up. I grew up Baptist. And so now I'm just in a non-denominational, but that, that's neither here nor there. But I'm stirring. I'm, I'm, I just always heard stirring up your gifts. So that's what I pray for. And, and I'm kind of shook because I, I believe that my conversations with the this, with this sphere of influence that he's given me, I'm helping people. But I don't know. Sometimes it feels like, I, you know, I don't know if it's the urge of me that wants to do more. But what is more if you're only at the level you're at and you're good at that level? Mm, very good. So I'm, I want to speak into that that first passion that you talked about, and then I want to talk. I want to ask you about you know what have you discovered about your gifting. So I want to start back with the first passion that you're talking about, and it's the passion of communicating. Uh, I, I hope and I trust and I think you are. You are infatuated with your Savior, Jesus Christ, as am I. I think he is the quintessential preacher. I think he is the uh, the he's the paramount and paragon of uh, homileticians. I think he's the best communicator, both in terms of massive crowds, like tens of thousands of people that were around him uh, on the mount, uh, on the uh, mount uh, as well as talking with people one on one, as he did with the brothers on the road from uh, Jerusalem to Emmaus or with the woman at the well. He, the the yes, in the in the close up shots we get of him 
The big panoramic views we get of Christ, he just becomes for me, and I'm sure for you and many men and women, but definitely brothers, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the model for us. I want to be able to talk with people and be relevant wherever they are. I want to be able to speak in an authentic, God-centered, anointed way that is also contemporaneous to where they are. I want to, because see, that's what you're talking about. Like Christ used a lot of parables and he used a, a lot of analogies. He used a lot of metaphors, but he always used them with the purpose of connecting with his audience so that they could get the lesson. So we always want them to get the lesson. That means you yeah. might be, that means you may be being called, uh, my brother, into a form of, 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 of a proclamation, whether it's formal preaching, teaching in the context of pastoral work or teaching uh, in a formal way in a uh, in a church or even in a Bible school or in seminary are are, are non-formal. Maybe because we have great teachers in our church that teach in public schools, teach in private schools, teach in, um, <clears throat> you know, in, in different contexts outside of the church who also are learning how to be great homileticians, great communicators, because the world goes around. Men and women are impacted, uh, Brother Daniel, by gifted people who speak from a place that opens their heart and pours into them the water of life. And I know that's what you want to do now. Yes. So so what you're going to what what you need with that, like uh, we're going to be dealing with for the whole of uh, the of the two hours on this program is you need a couple things. You need to have uh, people supporting you in that passion, supporting you in prayer, supporting you in prayer. So like right now, because the way our Monday program works, there are thousands of people that are listening and there are hundreds of people that are on my prayer team. So right now you got a bunch of people praying for Daniel from Berkeley uh, in the area of uh, affirming your mission and identifying more clearly your gifting. So you already got that. But this is where we have to understand the collective nature of the body of Christ. When God is budding in you, when he's producing in you, when he's creating in you um, a, a formation for service, that has to be articulated in the context of sharing with other people so that the gifts that are already op- operating along those lines can bring you into their um, into their heart's passion and pray for you on that on that regard. If you got brothers and sisters with whom you can share this passion that also know the, the power and the importance of prayer, that's what you want to do. You want to ask them to join you in praying that God would open up your understanding, expand the parameters of your comprehension so that you will be available to more insight relative to the opportunities that are necessary for you to be able to identify more specifically your mission. And so we got a bunch of people that will be praying for you to that end because truth is an event driven experience. It starts with proposition, but it ends with the providence of God bringing about a reality of your desires uh, in your life. Now, the second thing I want to do before I take a break is ask you, have you been able to recognize any of your gifts in, in relationship to this passion? Do you recognize that you thrive in communication? Do you thrive uh, on a kinetic level? Do you thrive on a instrumental level? Like some people are great as musicians. 
Others are great as artists and poets. Others are great in uh, benevolent work like giving and serving. These are all of the uh, some of many of the gifts of the spirit that we will be expanding on. But with you, what would you be able to say are clearly identifiable gifts that when you use them, you see God blessed through them? Um, honestly, for, for one, uh, there's, there's a working that God is doing in my union. And, and I know my wife is a part of my giving part. I, I was never really a giver. That's one of the things that are just now starting to come about maybe the past four or five months. But what I've noticed is that I have uh, several friends and speaking of the sphere of influence, I have people that I haven't met in years and just talking to them and God changing my life over the past six or seven, um, three have came to give their life to Christ. Right. And so, and that's just out of me sharing the goodness of him and, and, and then knowing my past and seeing that he's really real. You know, some people, we have to have it tangible right. for us to believe it. Very much so. And so I just, in, yeah, yeah, I just embarked on those conversations with my brothers. I have a couple of sisters, um, but uh, more, more, more brothers I know for sure have, have joined churches and have started, you know, carrying the cross. So um, I, I, I can't say specifically what my gifts are. I, I know... Uh, I, I speak, I, I'm, I'm well-spoken, but I think I'm just a little too direct sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's kind of like hindering that fruit or, or not allowing it to blossom. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe, maybe not. If I were dealing with, uh, if I were dealing with you on the level of, um, of what it means to be called to actually proclaim the gospel, uh, that, and, and I really don't have time on the show, but uh, you know, I would actually talk to you about the importance of direct, indirect uh, communication forms and how that sometimes a direct communication form may have an immediate outcome that doesn't look positive, but in the long run, it ends up being positive because we have so many indirect speakers. Uh, the New Testament used the language of, using plainness of speech. This is what the apostle Paul said in second Corinthians chapter three. He says, we are able ministers of the spirit, uh, not of the letter. Uh, and, and, and we have been granted the gift to communicate in plainness of speech. And that is to not use sophistry, to not use flattery, to not use manipulative, uh, coinful phrases yeah. and, 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 and terms that actually obscure the gospel, but rather frankness has to do with a integrity to be able to be direct without being unduly offensive. The integrity of being direct without being unduly offensive, which is my um, my particular uh, objective. I like to be direct. I am, I've been called for 23 years in this ministry, a direct preacher, a very bold and straightforward communicator of the gospel. And I'm thankful for that because Christ was and the Apostle Paul was. So I don't want you to back away and shrink away from that. But what we want to do, if God is really getting ready to pull you in Daniel into the uh, ministry of proclamation uh, uh, communicating with people he is going to give you a broader capacity to be able to communicate more effectively broader capacities broader capacity so look because my time is up we got to pay some bills here's what you can know um, you got people praying for you in terms of strengthening and and bringing the clarity your mission as well as affirming in your life uh the gifts and tools that you want to be able to be continually practicing with a with a very clear cognizance of what they are and i'll tell you what you know if you ever decide to traverse back through grace make sure you holler at me man I definitely will. I definitely will. Now, I know you know you got to go pay some bills, but I just want to thank you. 
I want to thank you for your your obedience to being God. I mean, to 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 will for your life and just being direct, bro, and just telling how it is. Because like you just said a minute ago, too much stuff is being yep. uh, sugar coated yep. and, and and that type of thing. So I, I, I'll talk to you when I see you. But I'll definitely right. be in again. I'm in Berkeley now. All right. So I uh, love you, brother. Love and you God too. Continue to bless you. Bless you. Got to take All a right. break. Pay a bunch of bills. Got two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Uh, Jermaine, you hold on your next, and then Ellen, you'll be after him. I've got two lines open if you guys want to talk about missions and gifts, like Daniel did. Let's talk this thing through. I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back at the time, 649, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We're talking mission, and we're talking gifts. Talking living on purpose and living with a clear targeted goal every day, not just, you know, over the long run and in a general way, but but daily what it means to wake up clear on who I am, clear on what I am to be doing in the cycle of a 24 hour day, seven day week. Four to five week a month and 52 weeks out of the year. What has God called me to do? What are the gifts that he has given me and how do I employ them, hone them, develop them, employ them for God's glory? Since I'm not here to simply wait for him to return and while waiting, either just kind of wither on the vine or just meander in this world. It's not about that. When God saves you, and raises you from the dead, he gives you life. And then he gives you a design, a goal, a purpose. And Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. And without me, you can do nothing. Every branch in me that bears fruit, my father purges it that it might bring forth more fruit. But every branch in me that does not bring forth fruit, it's raised. It's cut off. And so you and I don't ever want to be stuck under the assumption that, you know, there's nothing for me to do. There's always something for you to do. I've got three lines open, one 367 I think I was able to help Daniel. I can help you if you want to talk it through. If you want to be brave about what it's like to wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and recognize that you are called to the purpose of him who loved you and gave his son for you, and, uh, and that you have been able to now identify what your purpose is and your gifts and calling and employ them. Otherwise, listen to me. Secretly, you are miserable because people don't do well who don't know what they're doing. I've seen Christians make shipwreck out of their lives because they don't have their life in order. They don't have their priorities clear. They make shipwreck of their lives. First, it's internal because their lives are broken in relationship to their walk with God. A lack of nearness to the spirit of God who can guide you into truth. And bring you to clarity on who you are and what you're supposed to be. But there are a lot of Christians whose whose lives are just just kind of like ships at harbor, just sitting there. And ships at harbor, they rot. They don't serve anybody. And so you definitely want to be clear on the fact that you know what your purpose is. Give me a call. one 367 one I'm going to read a few Bible verses and then I'm going to go to the phone lines. So Paul tells us in uh, Romans, starting at verse 3, he says, For I say through the grace of God given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but think soberly according as God has dealt to every man, the measure of faith. 
In other words, if you're a child of God, then the gift of faith has been given to you. Now, faith is that divine commodity in the kingdom by which you express your love for what God has done in redeeming you. I'm going to say that again. Faith is that divine commodity in the kingdom of God by which you express your love for God having redeemed you in some kind of service to him. That's why he goes on to say, for as we have many members in one body, And all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of another having then here's the word gifts according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy prophesied uh, according to the proportion of faith or ministry, let us minister or teaching or exhortation or giving as uh, Daniel had intimated earlier, he might be called uh, to the gift of giving. Or he that ruleth, rule with diligence, or one that shows mercy or cheerfulness, uh, do all this with an unhypocritical love. Uh, Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one above the other. Not slothful in the Lord's business, but fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Let me give you a, a clear synopsis on that. You say you're a child of God, you've been given the gift of faith. The gift of faith is not to be hid under a bushel. It's to be set out on the top of the lamppost so all can see by the light of your gift how to come into the house. Matthew chapter five. Oh, she has a gift. He has a gift. They're employing those gifts. Those gifts are used by the spirit of God. He is the efficient agent. Your gifts are the secondary instrumental agent. You are the primary instrumental agent by which men and women via your gifts are brought near to the kingdom, if not into the kingdom. That's what God means. And then he goes on to say, make sure your heart is right, because an ethical propriety is essential to a successful application of the gifts. You can't be productive in the use of your gifts And God bless them if we are not right in our attitudes towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the problem that the church of Corinth had. It had the problem of loving the gifts, but dissing the giver. Loving to speak in tongues and babble, which really collapsed into your pagan oracles. That was nothing but, uh, uh, you know, tinkling brass and uh, empty symbols where it was a bunch of shalakanda, hakapahanda, and no interpretation. And therefore, no direction and therefore no edification, because babbling without interpretation is just nothing but a bunch of noise. And so is it when we are uh, employing gifts without a heart committed to the glory of God in Christ and the edification of our brothers. So we want to know what our mission is. We want to know the tools and gifts that God has given us. And we want to make sure that our communion and fellowship with God is right so that in the implementation of our gifts, we are building up and not tearing down. Did you guys get that? All right. Two lines open. one 367 Let me go to line number three and talk with Ellen and Sam Mattel. Ellen, how are you? Oh, very well, very well. As always, I'm very excited. Um, I, 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 I want to stay on, on target. So I'm going to start off by saying, by the way, you know, I always like to start with a song. Yeah. Can I start with a song? Sure. I don't think anyone else is going to know this. I know you will, Pastor Jesse, Silhouettes on the Shade. Oh, girl, you, there's so many of the saints out there that know that song. Oh, Come on good. now. Okay, okay, well, I'm happy to hear I'm, it. I'm a, I'm a baby boomer. I think I'm a baby boomer. Or maybe I'm a little bit... Uh, well, no, I said you would know it. 
Well, we uh, the vast majority of the people that are listening are baby boomers. Oh, okay, good. Well, then, okay, silhouettes on the shade. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're talking about gifts. And my problem, I'll just quickly say, if, if I have a gift, it's a gift that, and you taught me how to, how to maneuver it. That's not the right, right, I'm too excited. If I use the wrong word, who cares? Mm-hmm. So this is what I do best, I think. Um, what I learned is that victimization is so big in our society. True. So I, you have taught me what you were talking to Daniel, and I, I'm praying for him already. Yeah. Um, that you have to be direct. So I work with a lot of women who have been abused or in situations and et cetera. We don't have to go to So a lot of people want to be stroked. And even if you're going to talk about God, they want to say, oh, you poor thing. Poor thing. No, 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 no. I have to remind them what Jesus did for, for us. Right. That whatever they went through, whatever I may have gone through, whatever anyone's gone through, it is nothing. Not only what he went through, but the reward we get. I mean, the, the, the gift he's offering, eternal life. So I don't want to hear your problems. I, I mean, it, it sounds hard to say it, but it works because it, it, I think that, that you kind of have to remind, get people back on Jesus and off of themselves. I agree so, with that. I agree with that part. And that's where you, you are echoing to, to uh, Daniel how uh, certain forms of directness work. But one has to be gifted in that, Ellen. I'm going to insert this for a moment just for the broader edification because your statement just offended a lot of people. Believe me, I know I'm a, I'm a perfect specimen of having offended people for years for being straightforward in what I have to say. Uh, I, there are some people who are very gifted in telling it like it is. Uh, and 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 minimally offending people and maximally uh, edifying people. One of them happens to be, um, uh, her name will Dr. Laura Schlesinger. I don't know if you know Dr. Laura Schlesinger. She is not a Christian. She is a Jewish uh, kind of a therapist, uh, but has really good Judeo uh, morals and frameworks for understanding uh, men and women and being able to be direct and, and cutting through the subterfuge that you're talking about. Because we got a lot of hyper emotional women, and you know that hyper, fairly hyper emotional men as well. Men are collapsing into that this is part of a, a loss of the clarity of biblical and uh, biblical manhood and womanhood. So we have to deal with things. And sometimes the only way you can get them out of the muck is by a direct shot that pulls them up out of the water, at least um, enough for them to begin to breathe and realize, oh, there's another view beside this, this drowning sorrow of emotionalism that people often collapse into. So I just wanted to put that out there. So go ahead on before we, we no, close this part. I really appreciate that. And, and, I do want to say that it is the Holy Spirit. That's the one gift I have. I mean, I don't. I, oh, I, I, I was being a little uh, trying to speak fast here because there are other people, but but I I do. I I, I they always know that I'm coming from a place Amen. first. What what I went through is not, I'm not judging anyone. I'm not saying that. No, anything. that's great. You, no, so, you don't have to. You don't have to clarify that. You, okay, so I'm happy. To, but what, this is the point I was making that I wanted to get to because i.e. silhouettes on the shade, so that. You know, you, you were talking about the gifts you have and, and be right with God. My issue is um, I kind of know how to, uh, through the Holy Spirit, to deal with people, but I, I have to be very clear about the doctrine. That, for me, is a real—that's why I love listening to you, and last week you hit a home run with me, right? right. I like the fundamental questions. Yeah. And I'll give you a simple example. You know, I told you about my Jewish friends playing this for me and that. 
Yeah. Um, someone played a tape of, uh, I don't like to mention, but it's fine. I'm not saying anything about it. Charles Stanley. Okay. Yeah. Now, Charles Stanley, and I listened to him for years, and I want to quickly say that God uses all kinds of people because I came to the Lord. Without a doubt. I came to the Lord in the 80s. It was the only time I ever heard about Jesus because I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And it was with, uh, I know people are going to groan, but it was with uh, Kenneth Copeland and Gloria. Yeah, sure. And Joe Winston and Creflo Dollar. Sure. And, you know, so I I can't, you know, I I can't, uh, you know, they, they... brought me to Jesus. Okay, so Charles Stanley was saying, um, you know, once you have belief in Jesus and, and you, you take him as your Lord and Savior, etc., okay, I'm trying, trying to, I'm going to paraphrase it poorly, uh, you're, you're on your way, that's it, you're in the presence of God, you're going, that's it. And then I was reading the book of Revelations twice, and so people ask me, and, and, and as soon as they sense a contradiction in what they're hearing, they tend to, 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 to flee. You know, it's like, uh, oh, wait a minute, someone said this, someone said that, which is it? You, don't even, you can't even get it straight, you're Christians. So this is why I turn to you, Pastor Jesse, because I need to know. Mm-hmm. Now, Book Revelation, they talk about the 144,000. You know, only some will be uh, uh, in the wedding party. The others, will, the overcomers, mm-hmm. will have to wait and go through the tribulation. So there's a direct conflict, and I frankly don't know how to answer these women when they say, well, which is it? If we believe in Jesus, are we going to go? Charles Stanley was saying, you're not going to have to be at the judgment seat. Your, your sins are forget, forgotten for as far as the east is the west, and all of this. Uh, and, and so I don't really know what to tell them, and I don't know what to tell myself. And if you don't have the proper doctrine, then I don't care what your gifts are till the cows come home. You better be sure about what the Word of God says. Agreed. So Okay, so I'm going to put it to you now. Leave right. it to you. So what I'm going to do is we're going to do it like last time. i got to take a break to pay some bills, so I'll chat on that on the other side, and you can just take it off the line. I'll share with you what you have to do when you come across a doctrinal complexity that mandates accepting two or three or more views as plausible interpretations for a text of scripture that comes up fairly frequently, but not so frequently that we can't be clear on fundamentals. But once we get to uh, peripheral doctrinal issues, such as eschatology, that's what you're bringing up, such as certain forms of prophecy, they will often have nuanced uh, interpretations that are legitimate within the framework of biblical hermeneutics. And so schools of thought will give their ideas. I'll talk a little bit about the 144,000 and the notion of uh, how and if we stand before the judgment seat of Christ as believers on the other side of the break. I've got two lines open, 1-888-367-5329. Two lines open, 1-888-367-5329. We'll be right back. 